This conference will now be recorded. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our next session. Uh, today, we're covering for the federal employees out there uh, the Thrift Savings Plan. And Kathleen Sanford is my co host, and she's back today. Kathleen, thanks for joining me again. And it's great to be here again. Okay, so let's dive right into it. Um, let's start with this. You know, what are the questions? It's a crazy year, right? So, what are the questions you're being asked right now in regards to the thrift savings plan? That's really a great question. And a lot of the discussions that I'm having with federal uh, employees explaining or separating the two of the three pillars in the per retirement uh, plan. Uh, the TSP uh, versus the pension. Uh, and then from there, uh, explaining the difference between the TSP and the IRAs. And that's basically where we, we will be concentrating most of our talking today. Uh, but the first thing that I would really like to mention, and this is really the main uh, question, is your thrift savings plan is not connected with your FER uh annuity or pension they are really two separate entities now the pension this is just a little bit of kind of a history or information is what we call a defined uh, benefit plan which is funded by your employer meaning your employer is taking the risk of funding the plan for your future retirement needs or the annuity for the uh, participant life and after retire, retirement. And then also if they have a spouse and if they wanna leave anything to their spouse, they have that option as well. Now your TSP is classified as a defined contribution plan, meaning you, the employee, funds the savings plan. And a lot of people leave that savings plan, TSP, out of the equation, they don't think about it and you, the retiree, takes the risk of funding your retirement. Mm -hmm. And because the, uh, the, the government has made an incentive for you to participate in their plan uh, with, in the TSB by offering you uh, matches, like the agency contributes 1% automatically, then of course the employee contributes uh, contribution 100% of the first three percent and then the match is 50 percent of the next two percent so from here on out uh, our discussion will be more on the difference between your tsp versus a traditional roth or ira now that's a, a lot of information there in a short amount of time uh, but i believe that it's uh good information for you to know um, and I, and, uh, I think this is really great. Well, let's, uh, let's start with an overview of the history. So the audience can, can kind of get an idea of how the thrift savings plan has evolved as part of their retirement. I think that's important to point out. Right. It is the, um, the IRAs or uh, individual retirement accounts, they were established in 1974. And I mentioned that, and I think this is really important to participate in the IRAs or the TSP, is because when 
my husband and I, we were uh, CSRS, and when we started our retention plan, that's all there was. There was no uh, IRAs and there was no thrift savings plan. And when they did come into fruition and, and we had the ability to start participating in them, uh, we were so brainwashed that all you needed was your pension plan that we, and we lacked the education to understand that we really lost a great benefit to our retirement plan. So it's great that you would understand uh, that this is an essential part of your retirement plan. So the employee-sponsored defined benefit plan, such as the TSP, was introduced in 1987. At that time, you just had the G fund or the government fund. And then your CNF funds were introduced in 1988 and were patterned after the IRAs. Now, again, the TSP is classified as a defined benefit, uh, excuse me, defined contribution plan and can be compared to uh, a private company's 401k plan. And then with the demise of the traditional pension plan, which we are fortunate now in the federal government to still have a pension plan, or the defined penal plan over the last quarter century. This is when your defined contribution plans uh, assets have tremendously grown. Now, one of the things I'd like to mention is the other reason why defined contribution plans such as TSP has really become popular is because a lot of employers are really having issues with meeting the obligations of pensions. So, one of the things that you need to consider is how secure are pension plans. Now, um, again, your defined benefit, like I just said, is uh, the employer has the risk. The defined uh, contribution, you, the employee, has the risk. So uh, both of these are important to understand the difference. Now, your TSP and the IRAs are both tax-favored retirement accounts, meaning that you are not taxed on the contributions you make during your employment if you're making contributions to a, a traditional IRA or a traditional TSP. You pay taxes actually when you make a distribution or a withdrawal. And so your contributions, and this is where a lot of people uh, have a little bit of misunderstanding. When you make a deposit into your TSP, your traditional TSP or a traditional IRA, this is before you're being taxed. That's okay. why you can take that off your income tax or off of your, uh, at, um, when you do your taxes, you take how much you contribute off of your gross income. Now, your Roth TSP or IRA grows tax-free, and you never have to pay taxes on that again, uh, on the growth, the earnings or dividend, and so on the distribution, everything is tax-free. And that is because, again, the contributions were made after uh, you pay taxes uh, on your income. And I think that's very important uh, to understand that too. So, uh, okay, so, any, um, so what happens if federal employees are not aware of the difference? Um, you talked about the similarities in the thrift savings plan and IRAs. 
what are the differences and and what how are those costly to the to the uh, employee if they're not aware well if they're not aware of how whether they pay taxes before or tax uh, taxes afterwards uh it can result in penalties tax liabilities and possible loss of retirement assets hmm. but one of the things you really need to uh kind of keep in the back of your mind is Rules do change, such as the new and expanded TSP withdrawal options or the mandatory age, which has recently been moved from 70 to 72 for their RMDs. Okay, so we're gonna get into RMDs here in a second, um, but what, so as far as the, uh, the rules and regulations, let's go through the differences. Uh, uh, for example, like if somebody pulls money out early out of one of those two accounts. Could you get into that a little bit? Right. Well, I want to also say that there's about seven different things that we're going to touch base on here that you can, you know, have a difference here. But on your early withdrawals, if a person separates in the year in which they reach 55 or older, they are still subject to an early withdrawal penalty. Uh, and this penalty does not apply if you are on a government disability. Now, in a traditional IRA, you do have a 10% early withdrawal penalty that applies to any money taken out prior to the account holder uh, before reaching the age of 59 and a half. Again, there's always exceptions. You have exceptions for the uh, special provisions. Uh, you have... Uh, different um you have different rules that apply for employees following a life expectancy based withdrawal mythology of five years or more so there's always a bunch of different rules there and that is again for uh separation before 55. and so and then, then you have go ahead sorry no, that's okay. I was going to say, then you have the uh, age 55 to 59 withdrawals, and this is for retirees, like your TSP uh, participants, retired age 55, they can start making withdrawals of their T TSP accounts and there's no penalties. However, if you have a traditional IRA, there is still a penalty if you withdraw before age 59 and a half, you just can't get out of that. So one of the biggest problems here that we have is, let's say you retire from the federal government and you move out of the federal government into the private sector. And so therefore you do, uh, you, you move your money from your TSV to an IRA. Uh, and then you take the money out of that particular IRA before you're 59 and a half then you're still subject to the uh, penalty of, of uh, early withdrawal penalty. So you have to pay attention to when, if you leave it in there into your TSP and you, and you move jobs, you move your money, you need to watch out when you withdraw. So that's okay, interesting. So, yeah, so, um, so what are the, what are the main differences? You touched on that a little bit, so let's recap. So what, if you're withdrawing from age 55 to 59, um, there are some major differences, correct, between the TSP and if you had a traditional IRA? 
Yes. So, so if, could you could you review that with the audience? Because I get confused on that sometimes. Okay. The, the thing is here, you, you know, when you're with the federal government, early withdrawal penalties are the separation. And then the normal age from 55 to 59 is when you retire. If you retire with the federal government at age 55, you can make withdrawals from your TSP and there's no penalty because you have fulfilled your obligations, your eligibility to retire at age 55, but you have to fulfill those obligations. Then, um, if, but if you're in the private sector and you have a traditional IRA, or even if you're in a federal government and you have a traditional IRA, if you withdrew any of that money before age 59 and a half, you would always receive a 10% penalty. Oh, okay. That's a and then the other thing, And then the other thing is, you, if you move your money from your TSP to an IRA, and you take, and then you make a withdrawal from the IRA, even though it was in the TSP, and even though you retired, you still would have the 10% penalty. Okay. All right, another big subject um, that you hear a lot about, and especially this year, is required minimum distributions, or the acronym RMDs. Can you talk about uh, how those apply to the TSP and IRA? Yes. The, the basic thing is that it used to be you had to start taking those minimum um, distributions because this is money you've never paid taxes on and the government says I need some of that money so you got to pay me. It used to be in the April after your 70 and a half birthday. This year they changed it to age 72. So at age 72 if you are still working uh, you do not have um, you do not have to pay RMDs, but you have to be still working in the federal government. Now, if you're still working in the private sector, that doesn't matter. You still have to take your RMDs by the time you're age 72. Okay. And just for kind of information, how they, how they uh, compute that is on the, uh, let's say you are age 72, uh, this year, 2020, uh, or actually you were, uh, you were 72 last year at age, okay, I, I'm getting you mixed up on the years, but you take December 31st of the year before you became that 72 and on that, whatever your market value was on December 31st of the year before you took your taxes, that's how they that's the figure, the market value of your account that they compute your what your minimum distribution will be, and all that is figured up for you uh, in in your uh, money management. That amount there will be computed for you, but you don't have to go sit there and figure it up with the formula. Well, it's already good. done for you. So then contribution levels, um, there's a difference. Uh, if, if say I'm out here and I'm contributing to um, the TSP and I'm making uh, Roth 
contributions or traditional contributions. What uh, what are the differences in the at in the thrift savings plan contributions versus if I had a IRA on my own? Well, if you're working with the federal government, you have a max contribution in your TSP or as in any uh, 401k plan because they're they're kind of similar there is the 19,500 for this year, then you have a catch up of 6,500. Now um, with the, and there's really no uh, dollar amount, you'll have no limits of earnings if you're with your TSP. Now outside of TSP, uh, you can only uh, contribute uh, your 6,500 in IRA, and then a plus your catch up of 1000. However, if you make too much money, you cannot contribute uh, at all to a, what they call a deductible IRA. So you can contribute to a non-deductible IRA and that just defers your, your growth and so forth uh, that, that you have to pay taxes on. But you, a non-deductible IRA basically means you've already paid taxes on it. So it's just a tax thing that they, that a benefit for you that uh, if you make too much money. Now, um, one other thing here that uh, is interesting that when you contribute to your TSP uh, as a federal employer, you have the option of election. Do I want it to go all into a traditional? Do I want some of it to go into a Roth? You have to make that election. Again, you only have one account number, even though you've got two separate accounts because you have a Roth and the traditional. So when you look on your statement, sometimes you can't see, well, what is my account number? That's, you know, for this particular one. Uh, for my Roth. Well, they're not going to show you another number. They're going to divide it up for you, but it's still one account number. And the other thing is that when you decide, okay, I am going to do a Roth and you put your money into your Roth, and of course, for you to do it, that's going to be after taxes. And you're going to say, well, uh, I want my match. Well, the match is not going to be put into the Roth the match is going to be put into your traditional because the government is not going to pay your taxes for you. So when you take that money out of the traditional side, which is your match, you will still have to pay taxes on that as, as, you, as you do it. Well, I can tell you this is why federal employees need somebody like you to walk them through all this. This is um, there's a lot. I can see where people make mistakes. There is a lot. It's constantly changing. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, each time you get into somebody's uh, retirement planning and so forth, even we as financial planners, we think we know a lot or we know most of everything. There's always some little nuance up there that comes and bites you and say, ha ha, you didn't know this. Right. So, uh, you know, we've always got to uh, uh, keep up on it because what applies this year does not always apply next year. 
such as the RMDs, you know, such as the amount of uh, how many times you can make withdrawals from your account. All those things change. Yeah, yeah it, it's mind boggling. Right. Um, well, then the last, and this is important, I don't think a lot of people know this particular subject. Uh, so let's let's close out today to talk about first-time home loans on these accounts and other loans that are that are available with certain, well, not to everybody, but there's certain um, there's certain loans that are available, correct, on the on the TSP and IRA. Yes, and uh, again, uh, the first time home loans is always an issue, and the TSP uh, they cannot. Uh, make a pre-age uh, a pre-age 59 and a half would crawl to help buy his or home his or hers first home what they have to do is actually apply for a TSP residential loan whereas if you were a regular uh, employee and you had a regular traditional IRA the owner can withdraw up to $10,000 from the IRA to be used to buy the first home. Now, it's the first home, it's not the first home now and then 20 years down the road, it's the first home period. Uh, and when they do that from your traditional IRA, the owner will pay the federal taxes and state taxes if they have them, but they won't pay the early, um, a 10% penalty on that. Now, the loans for the TSP, like I said, there's a home loan, a residential loan, and then there's also a general purpose loan that the employees can use. Now, again, let's shift back to a traditional IRA. You cannot make a loan uh, on a traditional IRA outside of the, you know, I mean, a normal person, I'm going to say a normal employee outside the government can't make loans on their IRAs. Uh, and if they take uh, the money out, um, of course, they're going to be terminated and taxed and all that. So the other thing is for IRAs, they can be used for uh, post high school tuition fees and books and other uh, educational expenses and that's something that if you get into that that you need to sit down and with an advisor and um, see what is available for you to do that okay. so uh, again they have to pay all the taxes on on educational but they don't have to pay the 10 percent uh, early uh, withdrawal penalty and I'll just go right in and tell you the very last thing, which is the creditor protection. Uh, the TSP is a better protection against lawsuits and creditors uh, compared to a regular IRA. And then the regular IRA uh, credited, creditor protection varies from states to states. Uh, it's not uncommon that a bankruptcy lawyer can uh, here's the legal protection for IRAs in a particular state, meaning lawyers can, can get at it if they really want to. So all that is a, a lot to think about between your IRAs and your TSP. There's a lot of differences in that. And I think that makes a lot of sense to know the difference uh, between the two of them. 
Absolutely. And uh, creditor protection, that's important to know. I mean, that, that sometimes is a decision as to whether you keep your money in the TSP or you roll it over to an IRA. Correct. Correct. And um, well, that's good information. Yeah, and I don't think any of one that any client that I have sat with has even thought of that. I mean, that's something that never really comes up, but it's good information to know. I think it is, especially if you if you're deciding maybe. I'll uh, give you an example. If you're a, a federal employee out there and you're retiring, but you're going to go into business for yourself. Mm-hmm. That might be something to consider if, you know, like this year, you know, as crazy as it is, some of these businesses aren't going to survive because of the shutdown. So that's important to understand all the aspects of your accounts because you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. And uh, that's some great information, Kathleen. So thanks for sharing today. You're very, very welcome on that. And I would say within each one of those, um, with the creditor protection, it's always best to get a clear understanding through any kind of legal counsel that you have. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about what's coming up next week. What are we going to talk about in our next episode? Well, we're going to touch lightly on Social Security. Uh, Social Security is a large area, but we're just going to touch upon the the basics of it and. Uh, know where to go get your stuff and your information and have a clear understanding of the limits and things of that nature okay, and uh, information yes again great information all right so you're going to want to join us uh next week uh in the meantime uh check out uh our website fedchecklist.com you can download a uh, retirement workbook and budget at no cost and also post uh, uh, post questions on there. Uh, if you've attended a session and you have a question specifically for Kathleen, go ahead and post it there. And you can also book a meeting uh, directly on the site. Uh, uh, Kathleen is offering free consultation for federal employees. So if you feel like, wow, I could use a second opinion on what I'm doing, please take advantage of that. You can also catch uh, us uh, directly at 888-545-8840. Again, it's 888-545-8840. So, all right, Kathleen, great sessions. Uh, appreciate your time. Thank you. You're very welcome, and it was great talking to everybody. All right, look for us next week for the next episode, and uh, have a great uh, rest of your day. Thank you.